come see me. LJ, MVP. If you got a problem, come see me. Just run that back from last week. That's all I'm going to say. Man, people been trying me, but they can't validate their opinions. So, LJ for MVP. So, guys, what does the number seven mean to you? <laughs> Was that how many touchdowns we got last night? <laughs> it's how many games the Ravens have won in a row. Oh, seven yeah, yeah, yeah. straight since <laughs> they started the season two and two after that debacle against Cleveland where everything looked like it was just blowing up in the Ravens' face and that this Lamar experiment was at least not going to get off the ground for this year. And look, now the Ravens are possibly, factually, unless you're not a Ravens fan, the best team in the NFL right now. This is insane. <laughs> and the way they're winning, I mean, they're they're humiliating good football teams. It's crazy. I I have to just say... I got a little explicit on the Twitter account today because I was just pissed off because I called it last night that somebody's going to release their power rankings and they're still going to have New England number one. And I was going to be upset about it. And I saw it and, it and I was really upset about it because <laughs> I'm like, these they are limping wins. They're a ghost of Patriots past. They're not a good team. We are crushing teams. We are just fun to watch, demoralizing on both sides of football. We don't have to even use our special teams. They're basically irrelevant, and they're one of the best units in the NFL. And, I loved your meme and we're today. Second? With this. And we're second? Get the hell out of here. It's just like, whatever. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We'll show everybody, and then Lamar can finally celebrate because all he does is go up there. I love it. The laser focus at the end of the game is like, you know, it's it's cool. It's okay. Like, I, thanks for being so, you know, nice to me, but I, I'm trying to win the Super Bowl, and we're not there yet, so I, that's all I care about. I mean, <laughs> dude, it's just... It is mind-blowing, man. Like we were talking about today, all I wanted to do was get on this Skype call with you guys and and talk about this because it is the most exciting time to be a Ravens fan. We've won two Super Bowls in our lifetime, in our football-watching careers, and we're not even there yet, and I'm like loving this season more than normal, you know? <laughs> like even those seasons were fun, but they weren't like this. This is just something else. And I, I was telling somebody like I might have to take like an emotional like sick leave if, if if like if we ever lose because like at this point i'm convinced we're just going to keep winning like you can't play like this you can't play the way they're playing it's like undeniable i don't know how you choose against them totally agree i mean gosh i was texting with my my dad through the game and my initial text him at the end of the game was like this is the most dominant we've seen the ravens since the 2000 season i want to say um you know that second half of the season where the defense was just shutting out whoever they were playing. And the difference, of course, was we're, we're seeing the dominance on the opposite side of the ball. And, you know, we've had defenses that have come close to that level in seasons past, especially 2006 and 2011. But even in those seasons, you know, Ravens finished 12-4 and four in 2000, 13-3 in 2006, and 12-4 again in 2011. Like, you didn't go into those games, watch the first drive of, of the game, and know, okay, you Ravens are going to win this game. Now, what, maybe that wasn't the case against Houston, but, I mean, you watched, uh, that was the case against New England. We saw them go down and get that touchdown so quickly and then get the Patriots to three and out. That first pass against Cincy, you knew that wasn't going to be a trap game. The first defensive stop last night, and then the first offensive drive following that, they got that touchdown to 
Hollywood Brown after you know the Ravens just had their will against this highly touted Rams rush defense and and well so like we're saying it's this wasn't this wasn't one of the best teams in the NFL this year but this is still a very good team I just don't think we've ever had a Ravens team where we feel this comfortable going into any game that we're not hoping for a win against anyone we're not hoping for a win against New England we're expecting that they can get the win against New England hopefully they can keep this up because this has been fun to watch yeah definitely like you guys have both said I think this has been you know some of the most fun Ravens football to watch and the wins just keep stacking right I mean we have been talking for at least five podcasts in a row after every game at every recap episode being like oh my god this was a great statement win like are the Ravens for real and you know this one was just a a whole nother level of, of dominance, I think. Even the Seattle game was somewhat close in the score. Patriots game was somewhat close in the score. But this was just an absolute dismantling of, uh, of the Rams. I mean, 45-6. to six, You know, the Rams could only score two field goals. And, you know, we put up six touchdowns. And the best thing apart of two, again, just like last week against the Texans, we really scored most of our points in three, three and a half quarters. So, yeah, our offense is just on a whole another level right now that just no one in the league can figure out, you know? NFL Network uh, threw out a stat after the game last night that this is the first time in NFL history a team has defeated both the defending conference champions from the previous season by at least 17 points. Yep. Which, of course, not every... There's only so many times that you have a team that's that good that gets both those teams on their schedule. But still, that's still a a very... Something, as a Ravens fan, we've got to feel very confident about going into the end of the season here. Here's a fun one, guys. We're going to talk about the offense. We all know that they're known for, for rushing the football. And we are on pace out of the most single-season team rushing yards in NFL history by over 200 yards in the year 2019, where every single team is pass, pass, pass. You know, like forget about running the ball. It's bonkers. It's not even close. We're number one by a mile. We probably could stop running the football. We, we don't have to play any more games this year. We might be number one in the league. You know what I mean? Like, it's just nuts. It's totally nuts what we're doing. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, the stats, and it's our third highest rusher, our good buddy Gus Edwards, had more running yards than I bet you a lot of starting running backs did this weekend. He had more than Todd Gurley, <laughs> that's for yards. sure. <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, shoot, even uh, Justice Hill had 27 yards. <laughs> you know, like, holy cow, this is unheard of. That's this right. Is just, it's just wild. You know, last night's win was absolutely just a huge statement win, you know, again, for the Ravens. You know, and this time they got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens got to show it off for everybody on Monday Night Football, which was huge. I can't wait until this ride is over. And, you know, we're still hoping that this ride goes on for a long time. But uh, I, I'm also like, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited right now just to watch it. But I'm also just really excited to talk about it in like five to 10 years when we look back on this and be like, man, like the Ravens like found lightning in a bottle. Hopefully, you know, for this year, you know, maybe for next year or something like they, they found they they found something of 
they saw that the league was going one way and they were like, you know what? We don't want to do it. We want to do it this way. And they're the trailblazers. They found something that just matched up in a league that just was not expecting it. And, you know, (laughs) the fact that like all of these different pieces came together of like building a scheme you know, built on on running the football instead of, you know, passing all the time, finding a player like Lamar Jackson who was just so dynamic running the football and just so efficient in this pass game now and having all the players just come around it. It's just, it's it's crazy. This, this is going to be a team for the ages if they make it all the way. And, you know, like you said, Peter, I, I think, I think <laughs> we're all, I think as Ravens fans, very confident that we are going to make it there as long as we focus on each game as they come. Well, yeah, like I said, I th- the only teams I can think of that were taking the league as well as this team is this year is the 2000 Ravens who won the Super Bowl and 2006 and 2011, which I both consider our lost Super Bowls. The 2012 Super Bowl is... One we got slightly by luck <laughs> with that hey, di- hey diddle diddle Ray Rice and the the Flacco fling. I mean that there was a little bit of luck in that Super Bowl, but yeah, I think you know the Ravens have as good a shot as as any of the top eight teams that are still alive out there. I mean, you look at who are the Super Bowl contenders right now. The Ravens have already played and beaten both the Patriots and the Seahawks. They're going to play the 49ers next week. We're going to see how we stack up against them. Uh, Houston is certainly has the star power to be a Super Bowl contender, and we essentially shut them out. Yeah, and, and I think that Harbaugh has the right has the team with the right mindset for this because this is a special team, and you know you've got some big paydays coming up in the off season. So who knows how big this window is for this team because as great as Lamar is and he he is the MVP this team is doing as well also because of Matt Judon is having an incredible year and Ronnie Stanley has really stepped up and Marlon Humphrey three guys are going to be getting monster contracts someday from someone it's probably not all three of them going to be from the Ravens Um, and that's not even to talk about other young guys like Mark Andrews and you know, I mean, Marcus Peters isn't young, but his contract is up at the end of this season. Yep. If the Ravens keep doing what they're doing and, and keep having this hunger, they can take advantage of of this team this and get the Lombardi this year. That's the goal. That's the goal. There, we got, can't think about next year. You just got to take advantage of of the momentum you've got right now and just keep plowing ahead. Yeah, I was thinking about this today. And, you know, every week we kind of like allude to these things. But as we keep stacking these wins, it becomes more and more visceral that, like you said, Chris, we're going to be talking about this team for years. And I I don't think I I tried really hard today. In my experience watching the NFL, I don't know if I've seen a team this dominant because they're just winning in ways that teams just don't do. I mean, backup quarterbacks are coming in every single game at this point. You know, (laughs) RG3 is getting a lot of work. I don't know, guys. Like, I think this is this is remarkable. We're watching history. The only team I can think of recently who I can think of who had close to this dominance is one that hopefully doesn't the Ravens don't end up being. If you think back to, I, I think it's easy for us to forget about this team because they were they were such a flash in the pan out of nowhere. 
and then went back to their mediocre selves immediately afterward is um, 2015 with the Carolina Panthers. I mean, that team was was red hot all year. They only had that one loss in the regular season to Atlanta. They're beating teams handily. Newton is by no means the type of runner that Lamar Jackson is, but he, he's still electrifying in, in a different style. Well, at least he was in 2015. Correct. Yes, he is not <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> Uh, man, yeah, him and him and Flacco, man, both of them can barely stand up on a football field anymore. But, but yeah, I mean, that team was steamrolling through the playoffs as well. They crushed Arizona 49 to 15 in the NFC championship game and then just ran into a brick wall against another quarterback who can't, who couldn't, who could hardly throw the football anymore in the Super Bowl and Peyton Manning and that defense Denver had that year. I'm not saying at all that that there are any parallels, direct parallels between the Ravens and the 2015 Panthers. But I think it's just something to keep in mind that, that it's an, it's a week to week league and we're really excited right now. And regardless of how this season ends, I always, I still think back really fondly on the 2006 season, despite the fact that one ended terribly and a very boring loss to the Colts at home. But yeah, the Super Bowl is not yet. The Ravens just got to keep, keep taking this one week at a time. And like I keep saying, they seem to have the be outwardly showing that that's what they're doing. But yeah, you're only as good as your last game. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like you have to have that perspective, even though we keep winning and we keep winning in such dominating fashion. It's like, okay, guys, it's it's like it's still November. There's still at least a whole month of football left to play. Even even if the game next week against the 49ers goes really well, it's like okay, that we're still it's December. We still have a lot of games left. And then the playoffs, it's like, you know, anything could happen. We could completely implode, but the the fact of the matter is got to take it one game at a time and, you know, just hope that, you know, this thing keeps going. Because, yeah, once we hit the playoffs, who knows? Anybody, you know, anybody could win. Speaking of taking things one game at a time, I think we've we've gotten so caught up in uh, just talking about this seven-game win streak at the, at the macro level. We haven't really talked too much about last night's game, which... Gosh, as many great games as Lamar has turned in this year, this one might have been his best so far. I mean, five touchdowns, every drive that he was on the field, the Ravens scored a touchdown, no intercept. He hasn't had a turnover since the game against Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. So he continues to do that. He had five touchdowns on only 15 completions. Out of twenty attempts, <laughs> right, right? That's a touchdown every third throw. I mean, I do. That's just unbelievably efficient. Last night's game, in some ways, felt like a preseason game with how just at the ease that the Ravens were were pushing the ball down the field through the air and the ground. I mean, both Lamar and Mark Ingram had over ninety rushing yards on the ground. It was just, it was just dominance on all levels. The crazy part, too, is that he didn't throw an incompletion until 79 seconds into the second half. <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah, he went, in, he went into the half, what, nine for nine, yeah. four touchdowns, three touchdowns? Three. I think Ingram had a, Ing- Ingram Ingram had a rushing had a, touchdown. Four, yeah, four Ravens touchdowns in the first half, three were passing. Although Lamar technically should have had that one as well. He, I know he was he was upset about it. Oh, yeah, he, he was stopped at the one, yeah. That that was a, it, every week now since that since the game. It's three weeks in a row. He's just had an insane like 
for the ages highlight reel run. <laughs> right. I do actually want to talk about that real quick. So we all saw the 29-yard run to the one-yard line where Lamar kind of stumbles and doesn't score, and he just starts smashing the ground, hitting his helmet, just visibly upset. Basically as upset he was when they had to delay a game penalty <laughs> on that one snap. That's like, right. <laughs> equally as upset. And not only was it a huge chunk play that he was upset about, but this attitude, this d- this desperate it, they they honestly play like they're desperate to score every single play. It's wild. I mean, it's great to see. But like, I saw Seth Roberts looking upset on a clutch third down reception that he didn't like take it all the way. And I was like, dude, you got like tackled by like two guys. Like, don't feel that bad about it. But he even seemed like upset he didn't get more yards. And I'm just like, this team and Hollywood Brown said in the post game they want to score on every single play. I mean, we just go out there every play trying to execute, honestly. Like, we trying to score every play no matter. Running a pass, we trying to score. Most people want to score every drive. Most people want to, like, have productive drives. And they're like, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't care about a productive drive. We need to score on the first play. And if we don't score on the first play, every, every play afterwards is just a disappointment. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it took us whole, nine whole plays <laughs> and, and seven minutes off the clock to score. That's, that, that's kind of unacceptable. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Like, it just, the way they play and their attitude, it's like, it's just funny. It, but it's awesome. I, I love it. It's excellent. You want that hunger from, from all your guys. I mean, Seth Roberts has not been a big part of the offense until the past two weeks. I think three catches from a wide receiver can constitutes as a pretty big part in the, in, in the Ravens offense. offense. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, Boykin had the most catching yards. Like, you wouldn't think that. I don't know necessarily, but right. yeah, he did. Well, that's because he had both of his he had both of his catches. You know, probably most Ravens fans, unless you were super into it, like we were, it turned the game off by that point. I mean, I think both his catches were in the fourth quarter. I think uh, I thought one of them was from Lamar in the third quarter, but nevertheless, yeah, like the game was out of hand, right? <laughs> Second half. I mean, you guys, yeah. you could say if if it wasn't in the first quarter, it wasn't during. You know, <laughs> The time when this yeah, was actually a football, football game. game. <laughs> right. Yeah, we talked about it before the recording, but Rachel was like ready to go to bed. She's like, oh, the game's almost over, though, so I'll wait. And I was like, you know, honestly, if you want to go to bed, I'll join you. Like, this game's over. I'll watch it later. <laughs> like, nothing's, nothing's happening. We already had the backup quarterback in. Like, it's, it's, it is like a preseason game. Like you said, Peter, like, you're like, okay, I've, I've had enough. We've, we've dominated for long enough. <laughs> yeah, I did hear some chatter from some Ravens fans that that maybe the games have been getting a little boring because the Ravens have been blowing out the opponents so much. And I'm just like, have you not, do you not remember 2015 through 2018? Do we want to go back to that where every single game is a nail biter and no lead is safe? Let them all be blowouts from this point on. I'm tired. I was tired of that football. I want these blowouts. (laughs) Yeah. Right. We earned it. (laughs) Yeah. Be careful what you wish for, but yeah, Lamar looked absolutely incredible. In yesterday's game, I think one position group we need to talk about, which enabled a lot of that, though, offensive line was yeah just mm-hmm. absolutely great. I and you know the announcers were talking about it pretty much the whole game. Where was Aaron Donald? It's like it's like where's Waldo? It's like where where, where is he on the where is he on the field? Like I can't you know he's not he's not doing anything. He's not sacking anybody. He's not hitting the quarterback. He was a complete non-factor in this game. And kudos to all of the guys up front. They were doubling a lot of guys. 
at the point of attack, not just Donald, mm-hmm. but Brockers and some of the other guys on the line. They were doubling them. They were using Ricard and Boyle to chip away at those guys. And I mean, you saw it like even leave, leave out like all of Lamar's just amazing touchdown passes and all that stuff. If you were to just look at how the offensive line played on run plays to Ingram and Edwards, you would know we were going to win that game. They were absolutely like huge holes for those guys. I, I, one of the first plays of the game, Ingram ran for an angry like 20, 22 yards. And you were just like, how the hell did they push those guys off the ball like that? It, it was just amazing. Like Pretty much all, all game, they were just running people over. And it was just insane. I would... I was not expecting them to be that dominant on the run side of things. And a lot of that had to do with the offensive line. I like the fact that you brought up Boyle and Ricard, the unsung juggernaut, as one of the videos I'll have in the show notes talks about. They were just dominating everyone on that defense and blowing them up, taking them out of the play, creating huge holes and creases for our running back crew to run through. It's remarkable that a guy like Aaron Donald the game wrecker is nothing he had an assisted tackle he didn't even do it by himself <laughs> like <laughs> like I, right. I I can't even express to you how these players Ramsey the, these guys that are supposed to be you know the second coming of of their position they were irrelevant <laughs> they were absolutely irrelevant against us I'm just, I'm at a loss for words, guys. It's, except not really, because I've talked a lot already this episode, but <laughs> it's, it's bonkers. Yeah. I, I will say the only, the only sour note of the whole, the whole time was Skura getting carted off. And we, we've learned today that he's done for the season now, which I honestly, that was kind of a roller coaster. He got carted off. We all thought he was done for the year. And then the injury didn't seem as bad. And the second half when they like reported about it. Uh, but today they found out it does require surgery, so he'll be out. He was second in Pro Bowl voting in the AFC, which is pretty incredible. I voted for him last night, uh, actually before the injury. It's 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 remarkable how well they blocked and Makari, next man up, stepping up for the injured Skura. To basically, I didn't notice the difference. Did you guys? No, I mean I can't even tell you at what point Skura went out of the game. I don't remember because just there was at no point last night even when rg3 went in with the exception of the very last drive there was no break in how the ravens were winning rushing the football and getting those passes in i'm actually you know as i do every episode i'm watching the game recap on with game pass while we're doing this i just watched lamar's 29 yard run Makari was in by that point and the ravens are only uh up 14 to three Ingram just scored that touchdown so props to Makari next man up that's exactly what you want to see absolutely no change in what was happening in the game prior you want no drop off and that's exactly what he produced yeah I I saw um an interview with Harbs I believe last night where you know someone asked him the same question and he was like yep Patrick stepped in and did an absolutely fantastic job just as you guys said, there was really no drop-off there. I mean, hell, there was... Even the referees thought that Makari was Skura because they called... I believe they called a penalty on Makari and they said it was on number 68, Matt Skura. So even the refs 
didn't realize that Skira had left the game. For a guy like Makari too, you know, they interviewed him in, in the locker room yesterday as well and started asking him some questions. Obviously, the reporters want to know about this guy because he, he hasn't really had too much game time. We really haven't seen him since the preseason. Uh, you know, and a lot of people were unsure of, you know, how good this guy really was. He seemed really more of like guard depth than, you know, than a, a center. I mean, he stepped in. I, I couldn't see, you know, a, aside from the one botch snap, which Lamar turned into a 29-yard run <laughs> down into the red zone. You know, other than that, I, I didn't see any errant uh, snaps at all. You know, I didn't see too many missed blocks from him at all. He did an absolutely fantastic job. And, you know, I really hope that that carries in, you know, in the coming weeks, especially next week. I know we'll talk about more about that later in the next episode. But, you know, the 49ers are uh, are quite stout up front. So, you know, we'll yeah, need we'll need Bakari to be on, on his uh, A game next week. Great point, Chris. Hopefully with a week of being with the first team guys and being a part of that unit, he'll uh, – continue with the great work stepping right in he seemed very grateful to be able to produce at that level for the team and he just seems excited to be given an opportunity to play i mean obviously he doesn't want a guy like skirt to get hurt but he seems you know excited to show off his ability and and kind of prove his worth to the rest of the league as well it's amazing just seeing him in there and you know knowing that he's young i think we're the same age i think we're both 22 and seeing how he leads the team and how he composed himself i mean i told him the first one i said lamar whatever you need me to do i I need to do that for you you know just because i want I would do anything for that guy. And the fact that, you know, he came out and did so great, it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome to be a part of it. Awesome. You know, next man up, it's, it's, it's a true thing. We've seen a lot this year, a lot of season-ending injuries for our guys. And it's a testament to our depth. Eric Costa, we got to give you a shout-out like we always do now at this point. <laughs> you know, it's like, job well done, man. And you're stacking up this team with a bunch of uh, high-quality players. I did want to bring up something, guys, about Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I noticed it during the game, and listener T-Bama, who... Uh, also, thank you, T-Bama, for uh, graduating to listener status. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> what I noticed, and what T-Bama brought up to me, was that the way that Lamar, when he's rolling out, uses his hand, his left hand and finger to point at areas and direct traffic, he mentioned to me, I noticed that he was doing that, and it just kind of was awesome, because it's like he like choreographing the fact that this is all going to work out. You know, don't worry about it, guys. Like, I'm, <laughs> the play might have been blown up, but I, I'm still orchestrating here. Is that when he does that, you can see the defenders take a split second to look. And he actually sent me a few video clips that I'll include in the, uh, in the show notes. But the, in the video clips, you can see that when he points, they take a split second. You know, the look, where, where's he pointing, right? And at that point, he's already turned on the Jets and he's gone. They're not going to catch him, right? And he might just run or he might end up throwing the ball. And it, it it's just remarkably efficient. And, and the way... He's been eyeing off defenders. We saw it on the first touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown, but he's eyeing off defenders to get these guys open, but he's also just creating opportunity when the whole thing breaks down. And a lot of quarterbacks can barely keep their eyes down the field when they start running, let alone do all that. So I I really, we got to give this guy credit for being just an incredible passer. I mean, he's doing stuff that people have been playing like Aaron Rodgers level, like manipulation, and he's just a running back. running back throws the ball better than your quarterback (laughs) we could have a whole podcast of just how much we talk about how much we love lamar jackson (laughs) right (laughs) this this guy is just (laughs) oh my god just unbelievable and you know uh, you know again like 
just the the leap that he's taken from year one to year two just being able to see all this like i i know that there <laughs> we talked about this there are people that have been believers <laughs> from the very beginning you know i, I i'm on this band booger like, was not one of them booger was not one of them <laughs> we do we have oh, a, we have a whole section that we need to talk about booger actually <laughs> we're gonna get to that soon but uh oh man no man, I'm I'm 100% on the Lamar Jackson train. He is my guy. I've never I, I feel like I've never been so just like on board like in in this in in a guy's corner, in a player's corner like this, like with any player on the Ravens ever. You Same. know, I, I, I was the biggest <laughs> Joe Flacco fan for a long time. But like I, I feel like Lamar is just like at a whole nother level. It's just like this guy is like, it's, he's not ironically elite or elite for a postseason or some postseasons. <laughs> he's just, just everything you want. He's got, every, he's got everything. He just has everything. It's just amazing. I lost for words. What's incredible about Lamar is just that he, he's our most dynamic player and it's from the quarterback position. For all these years, we've had to defend. Before Flacco, we were trying to rally the team, our fan base around Anthony Wright and Kyle Bowler's every now and again game where he completed a few downfield passes. And then, you know, <laughs> Flacco came along and obviously he got us the Super Bowl MVP and did really well in the postseason. But it's just like, you know, we, we defended every little thing he did wrong because we're like, you know, we're Baltimore. We can't have really good quarterbacks We're it's just you know we can't have these nice things we're just it's that's just not <laughs> what happens with the ravens and and admittedly like lamar like i i still don't know how great of a passer he is because the ravens just running all these plays that fit his skill sets so well it's just a combination of of things that he's already next level at and the ravens calling those things and getting them to work but just that combined with what he does rushing wise right now there's no one playing better in the nfl than him even if there are players that are more skilled that you can't argue with production right and i think it's a good point too peter of that i think lamar would be the first he he talked about this in his presser he was the he would be the first person to tell you that he was not perfect I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm out there trying to compete. I'm not worried about being perfect. Um, players make mistakes, just like I did on the slant, the Marquise. If it was a better pass, that would have been a touchdown. Um, but I'm just trying to play play to win. Going back to Alex's point about, you know, them wanting to score on every single play. And, you know, when uh, when they asked him about it and, and the presser, you know, were trying to say, like, oh, Lamar, you had a great game. Like, how do you feel about it? And he was like, I'm ticked off because I didn't get that. You know, I didn't hit that player. I didn't hit the other play. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just... Gosh. It's, oh man, it's just so unbelievable. He's yeah, just so talented in the skills that he has and the offense that we're putting him in everything around it. It's just so successful, but still again, like week to week, we know that you know, he's he's got things that he needs to improve on and it's just how can you improve on something that like is already completely taken the league by storm? You just got to keep doing it week after week until you you know, win the big thing. I am so excited to see what the answer to that question is in the coming seasons. Just how good this guy can become. I'll I'll cap off this extended Lamar Jackson podcast. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we we really should we really should move on. But go, yeah, we, we go will. Ahead. But I, I just want to point this out. He needs 
115.7 more fantasy points over his next five games to have the highest scoring season ever by a quarterback, passing last season's Mahomes performance. So what that means is in the five weeks left, he needs to average 25.14 points per game. But rest assured, for the last four weeks, he's averaged 28.93 points per game. So I just wanted to point that out. People were going Google Gaga over Mahomes last year. And I know that they're doing it about Lamar. I'm not trying to say that they're not. But like, yeah, it, it, it's all there. And it's showing up in that production. You know, fantasy is one metric for it. Like, it's just wild. So we're going to have one of the best statistical quarterbacks ever, the groundbreaking rushing game, all in the same season. Now, granted, he's a part of that, right? But like, still, it's just like, holy cow, right? It's pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> that pun definitely hasn't been overused in the past three weeks at all. <laughs> Not at all. No. So the defense, for all the discussion we just did about the offense, the defense in, in its classic defense form, Baltimore, Baltimore defense fashion, totally dominating only six points given up two forced field goals they had all their wide receivers healthy we, we were talking about in the prediction episode we weren't sure at that time would everyone play they were all there they were all healthy they had Gurley as healthy as they'll ever be offensive linemen returning didn't matter didn't matter the way that wink schemed things up i i tell you we talk about not being able to keep the players i don't know if we're going to be able to keep the coaches I, I wouldn't be surprised if both of these coordinators have to go because they get offered lead positions you know, at other other establishments. So, Wink, I think you're better than Rex Ryan. I think you're better than, than any defensive corner I've seen. I, I'm just, I'm just going to give it to you. The amount of moving pieces you've had to deal with, so many games in a row, dominating, embarrassing teams that have good offenses at one point in time or another. I know the Rams have been struggling this year, but nevertheless, it doesn't matter. You've been just dialing things up, man. It's awesome. Last week against Houston, for instance, I mean, Unreal. No, you bring up a great point there. I mean, especially when you take into consideration that in the front seven, the Ravens really don't have stars. I mean, Matt Judon, I think, has turned himself into a premier pass rusher in this league. Brandon Williams is is really good, but I don't think he's like a star player. Certainly not to the level of a of an Aaron Donald. Obviously, our secondary is star studded with with Earl. Marlon and Peters, and that's not even to mention Carr and and the solid play that Chuck Clark is putting in. But when you've got the defense performing this well, especially against the run, and you're doing this with with journeyman Josh Bynes and LJ Fort, and still adjusting to the NFL second round pick Jalen Ferguson, and anonymous defensive lineman Chris Wormley, like that's all coaching, that's all scheme, and that's impressive that you've got those guys shutting down what last year was an offense that was taking good defenses by storm week in and week out. One storyline we talked about going into this game was, of course, the big trade that happened in the middle of the season. Marcus Peters, a pretty good quarterback, getting traded for basically peanuts, a backup linebacker and a fifth round pick. You know, also they could open up some cap room to get a guy who's league renowned, Jalen Ramsey. One side of that really worked out, at least last night, <laughs> and it was the Ravens side. Like Marcus Peters, he got the pick, and I was like, "Go all the way, go all the way, go all the way." And at that point, we didn't need it, right? <laughs> I was just like, "I want this bold prediction." <laughs> um, 
you know, Marcus Peters, he, he gets the pick that we all anticipated. Well, we all thought it would happen. As I think Booger said, like the game didn't feel complete until it happened. <laughs> Everyone was expecting it, right? It was awesome. And then Jalen Ramsey, completely irrelevant, beaten on a few plays by Hollywood Brown and, and you know, rookie schooling him. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> it's like, all right, holy cow. And, you know, we talked about Eric Weddle. One of the quotes he said after the game was, I kid you not, half the time I didn't know who had the ball. It seemed like the Ravens always knew who had the ball. <laughs> you know, like we were just consuming guys, tackling them at the point of attack, nowhere to run, shut down on the edges. I mean, it was a, a really great defensive performance. Like we were saying, it didn't really open up at all until uh, the game didn't matter anymore. The backups were in. Half the stadium was empty because half of it was already Ravens fans, you know, <laughs> like... I mean, it was just crazy, guys. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Peters was uh, he was pretty fiery all game. He did pretty well, you know, that, that pick at the end to, to kind of seal it. Although, I mean, like you guys said, the, the, the game was already out of reach at that point. But even before that pick, man, he was... Uh, he was he was jawing. You could you could hear him even in the broadcasts. You know him jawing either way, whether he was jawing at Ramsey or or just the uh, the Rams sideline. He I think really wanted to win this game as a uh, kind of fu to the Rams for <laughs> for doing that. But the, although you know it, I I I'm not sure if I still got the whole story. But it seemed like he may not have, I don't know whether he was upset at the Rams organization for doing that because obviously you know it, you put all that timeline together it really seems like you know they dumped Peters because they wanted Ramsey instead and Peters is like well you know I'm a good player like why this guy isn't an upgrade like why don't you want me but it seemed like he was he was still getting along okay with uh, some of his Rams uh, former Rams teammates but he uh, he did not like Ramsey at all no and i don't think ramsey <laughs> no. liked him either and uh that kind of came to the head uh at the end of the game i actually <laughs> i didn't actually catch it until alec uh texted both of us after the game because i i had turned it off by the by the time the clock hit zero <laughs> and uh yeah apparently they had to uh get separated on the field because ramsey was had some choice words for uh peters and peters didn't like it so yeah, and Peters was yelling as he went through the tunnel about kicking him out of the playoffs, and he was cursing up a storm through the tunnel and on the sidelines, like jawing at Jalen and licking his lips and just. <laughs> I mean, the guy, he plays like a Raven, man. He, he might be the biggest intimidator we ever had, or or, or jawer we might have ever had. It's kind of like a maybe Chris McAllister back in the day, but not I really. Was just, not like I was just thinking, yeah, McAllister is the closest I can I can think. I mean, Suggs was a jawler too, but Suggs was like such a, such a unique, such unique with his approach. I don't think you, anyone can really, <laughs> there can, there's only one, there's only one T-sizzle. It's nice to have a intimidator on the team again, you know, after Edry just quietly picking people off all the time, Ray Lewis throwing side in the air and doing a squirrel dance and just fired up all the time. Suggs, like you said, you know, it's it feel it's kind of weird to say it because maybe we thought, oh, maybe Earl Thomas will be that guy when we we signed him, but it's like no, Marcus Peters is is nah. the, he's he's a swagger now, you yeah. know. Now <laughs> he's a swagger. Earl Earl would have never been that guy. That, that was not his style. If we had signed Sherman, maybe, but nah, not Earl. But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Pete yeah, McAllister's the, an interesting comparison there. I could see that. Yeah, definitely. I I feel like uh, Young Ray, Young and Young Ed definitely had a lot of trash talk to to put on the field, but it it really wasn't the same as what Peters is bringing right now. 
his is just a little bit more disrespectful <laughs> let's be honest like, that's what it, i feel like that's what it is yeah there's a great photo of peters after that interception when he's yelling at the Rams sideline and his tongue is like all the way out of his mouth and you just had the line judge next to him which is like this smirk on his face like he's about to just like burst out laughing it's, it's a great photo if i can find it <laughs> oh man that's great well, we should also talk about some of the other guys on here. So one thing I wanted to mention to you guys, because I know you brought it up on the, the last episode, was uh, Owasso actually had a, a number of snaps this game. I actually didn't see LJ Fort too often in this game, which I thought was really surprising. You're right. He only played eight snaps. Fort played eight snaps. Owasso played 21. So that was 39% of the snaps. And it looks like Bynes also played the same amount of snaps as Owasso. And I think the interesting thing is uh, here too. I, I don't know. I don't know what Wink was was uh, planning on on doing with some of those inside linebackers. But you know, it wasn't like Owasa was just blitzing the quarterback or kind of like staying near the line. He definitely dropped back into coverage uh, several times. I think there was a throw to it was either Cup or Woods that came in behind Owasso, but it was like it wasn't really like his zone. It was kind of like behind, like to the left of his zone. So it may have been like. Earl or or, uh, or Chuck uh, Clark or something, but um, you know it didn't look like golf was picking on him at all. You know, it looked like you know at least from what I was seeing, it looked like he did okay. So maybe it would have you know maybe it was uh, something that Wink had in mind to kind of put Peanut in a little bit more of uh, situations that he you know might have been picked on earlier in the season to kind of get him a little bit more thrown in the water. Overall, I think I think it looked good. I don't think anything stood out to me on this that sheet for him but uh overall i don't think anything negative which definitely uh definitely good and the guy played well he's been talking about him each week jalen ferguson had another pretty good game and he was able to contribute as one of the guys you know helping stuff all the holes and and stop Todd early in his tracks there's only one kind of chunk play all game and the run defense looked stout the rest of it yeah i completely agree i mean He's not making a ton of flashy plays, but week in and week out, Ferguson is doing the little things that the Ravens needed to start doing after that Cleveland game. You know, we see a lot of plays where he's setting the edge. Well, he's getting in the backfield, getting the QB hits. You're usually seeing him on the run play, especially to the outside. I mean, both him and, and Hollywood have are definitely looking like they were hits in this year's draft. And we're going to need that because... <laughs> Like we said, Judon, I don't know if he's coming back next year. He's going to get a payday. So, And even just for this year, uh, we need pressure outside of just Judon. So good to see Ferguson continuing to step up week in and week out. Well, Judon was able to get one sack and a forced fumble this game. That was probably the only good call that Booger had, actually, this game, where he was like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> one thing... America needs to understand, don't put tight ends on Premier to block Premier pass rushers. I mean, was he was he not watching oh, the clinic Nick Boyle was putting on all night? That's right. That was what I said, you guys. Like, unless you're Nick Boyle. like That's right. Oh, it was man. hilarious. I came into work today, and uh, one of my coworkers came over, and that was the first thing that he asked me, and he was like... <laughs> He was like, do you, he's like, do you know how bad the commentators are on Monday Night Football? <laughs> he was like, why does America need to know about the tight ends blocking pass rushers? He's like, shouldn't the coaches know that? <laughs> he's like, why does America need to know? Oh, man, but that wasn't even the, old, the only gem 
from Booger. Yet another comparison uh, of Baltimore to the Wire. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. That is. Sh- should we? Should we tell him? Should we tell him? <laughs> Does he know? Because yeah, the way he said it, right, it didn't seem like yeah. he knew. It wasn't like, oh yeah, it reminds me of the show The Wire. Really good depiction of Baltimore. You know, it's like no, no. He's like, you know, there's another city depicted in The Wire. <laughs> Where people are tough and, you know, like to hit you in the mouth. <laughs> I don't know where that I don't know where that series is from, but man, you know, the people are just real similar. <laughs> Come on, booger! Oh man, I don't know. The other thing I thought was funny too is, <laughs> a, uh, was going into that a little bit, but I think he was kind of trying to explain how uh, the front op- really the front office of the Ravens is kind of like setting the culture from like a top down thing. <laughs> But he said it away. It was like Steve Bashotti is like an aggressive owner, and that aggressiveness goes down to the team. And I'm like, like I'm sure that sounded better in your head, but that is not what you want to call your owner is super aggressive because I don't think that works the way you want it to. Oh man, Booger McFarlane. <laughs> Every week I have to listen to that man. <laughs> I'm just like. At least he's off his like bad take mobile that was blocking people's views. I was, last year. I, was, I, was, I, was I was gonna say, is this is this actually is it better than the booger mobile? Maybe. <laughs> oh, Maybe not that much better. I don't know. It's, yeah, it definitely got a couple laughs out of me, but then you know, after I laughed, I was just like, what did I just hear? Man, and it's not just us as as football fans who are are noticing. Did you guys see last week's what Devontae Adams tweeted out last week during Monday Night Football? No, what was that? So Devontae Adams has a just has a quote here. It says, "Games in this league are lost more than they're won," attributed to Booger McFarland. And then Stefan Diggs retweets it, saying, "They should just let me commentate. This is awful." <laughs> Yeah, I saw it. I, I remember seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, man. Sick burn. Let's talk about the special teams. Talking about next man up. DeAnthony Thomas wasn't on the team a couple weeks ago, and now I think he, he I think he's going to break one, guys. I, it's in the notes. Uh, I didn't write it myself, but uh, it seems like we all agree. Like He's starting to show some wiggle, show uh, some moves, got some nice runs. It's like, all right, all right. It's cooking. It's brewing. It's going to come. Yeah. Well, Chris must have put those in the notes because I'm still like, that was Cyrus last year when he took over for, I forget who was fumbling. So I agree. He had a good game last night, but with these returners, I still have to see more. Right. Oh, Peter disagreeing with us? Perfect segue into the next topic. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect segue. Oh, man. oh boy! All right, guys, man. So I was gonna say the only <laughs> only other thing on special teams that we should mention was that one series in the third where we almost had a Sam Cook sighting early on a Lamar Jackson led drive, and I just thought it was so hilarious of how this thing happened. Where like the Rams stopped the Ravens. It's a fourth and nine, and we're just outside of Justin Tucker's field goal range, right? And so Sam Cook goes out in the field, and then. The Rams commit like some sort of offsides penalty. Now it's fourth and four. Now they're in Tucker's range, so they send Tucker out there. And we're like, oh, okay, Rams, you didn't want you didn't want to go against Sam Cook, the master at landing punts inside the twenty yard line, instead of the you know ten yard line. All right, you don't want to be backed up. You'll take the field goal. That's fine. We'll have Tucker make it. You know he'll make it. He's a wizard. He got it right. And then Tucker goes out there, gets ready to do it. And then Lamar's like, ah, no, 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 fourth and four. I'm gonna go for it, coach. Come on, give me, in. <laughs> put me in there. 
They call a timeout. And then, what do you know? You know, the best offense in the NFL, they make the fourth down conversion and end up scoring a touchdown anyway. And thus, you know, Sam Cook didn't come out until the fourth quarter. But I, t- I, I think the Rams were scared. I don't, I don't think they wanted to see Cook. I, I started using this phrase in this game, that's so Raven. <laughs> because corresponding K-Fish texts me, he's like, are the Ravens really going to just run the ball down the field in the two-minute warning? <laughs> That's exactly what they did. They were just running the ball <laughs> during the two-minute warning. Like, <laughs> just run, 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 run. Here's a touchdown <laughs> with 12 seconds left. Um, <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's just, just unheard of, guys. Unheard of, guys. Between that that series of plays and that 3-2-1 um, of punt to kick to now nah, we'll go for it and get the first down, it, th- those were just those were Raven moments. Twenty nineteen Raven moments, right there. <laughs> when you have all three great options, how do you choose? You just got to go through them all and then see which one the other team wants, and then don't pick that one. You, you pick the <laughs> other one instead. <laughs> to close out the episode, we got to talk about the biggest controversy. It started the whole game off. We haven't had a down of football yet, and I tweet out. You know, I gotta admit, I always do like a color rush game. And I don't think Peter saw the tweet. He's like, I hate these jerseys. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I uh, I kind of felt the opposite way. And then Chris was like, uh, I kind of like them too. <laughs> so we're like, okay, we got to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> What's going on with these Color Rush jerseys? That is funny. I, I did I did text that to you guys before I even saw that, Alec, that you sent out that tweet. <laughs> I mean, it's like I said on the on the pod a couple weeks ago when I was so excited that the Ravens wore the white pants with the white jersey on the road against Cincy and jettisoned the purple pants. I'm just not a fan of the purple pants, and I'm even less <laughs> of a fan of any team wearing a monochrome jersey. I, I just don't know why, but I've just never been a fan of of just you know wearing the same exact color of jersey with the same exact pants in a football uniform. It just looks kind of dumb to me, and then it looks even dumber when both teams are wearing a solid color for the jersey and the pants. I will say with one exception, I did see a little bit of the USC-UCLA game on Saturday, and I do like, I know it just makes no sense, if one team's wearing all blue and the other team's wearing all red, it looks good. Any other color combination, it looks awful (laughs) and terrible and it was the only thing that I wasn't enjoying watching on the screen last night <laughs> was the pure purple on the pure gold. I just, ugh, I didn't like it. Oh man. Well, I have to say the Lamar uh, color rush Jersey though. is just, uh, it's just so fresh. He, he makes it, he makes it look so good. <laughs> yeah, he does. I, I feel, I feel like, I feel like that's like, that's, that's kind of like the one, you know, like everyone always wanted like the, the blackhead Reed jersey or like the, you know, the purple or the white, like Ray Lewis jersey. I feel like the Lamar color rush is probably like the way to go. I mean, it's, that's just because it's a Lamar jersey. That's not the color rush. That's Lamar. He's going to make any jersey the Ravens wear look good. Even if they bring back those mustard pants, he'll make them look good. No, 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 no. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna put this on the pod right here. I think we're all in agreement that we don't like the mustard pants. Yeah, I I, I won't even be the contrarian take on that one. No. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> no it, mustard. Yeah. No yeah, mustard. yeah. All right. No mustard. No mustard. Anything else? Not the mustard. That was a mistake. <laughs> At least that was during 2015. No, you know, no great Ravens moments happened that season that have to be sullied with those. Oh man. 
to recap all this, guys, we got to just quickly run through our MVPs. Thank you for sticking with us through this whole podcast, everybody out there. You know, we're just excited about this football team. And I think you can just tell how much fun we're having talking about this. I hope you've enjoyed listening. My MVP, I, I, like I was telling the guys before the show, I had to say it. I'm going to just keep saying this to make up for ever, ever doubting the signing. But Mark Ingram, you're an angry man out there. You're a hype man. MVP champs, come see me at the bank. I love it. I love the way you're playing. I love the way you're talking. I love uh, <laughs> they were on the plane last night having some fun. You know, it's just, it's awesome. You're a great player. Great Raven. Welcome home, my friend. Mark Ingram, MVP of this game. He's just a classic signing, man. It just, he reminds like me, Bolden. He, he reminds me so much of Bolden, Steve Smith, of just like, yeah. where have you been? Where have you been all your life? Like you, you were just like made to be a Raven. He's just so tough, so aggressive, such a good runner. He was just tearing up the Rams yesterday, you know, on the ground with that touchdown through the air from Omar, which was another thing we didn't talk about Lamar. <laughs> Sorry, we talked about Lamar. We didn't talk about that play by Lamar, but that was another really good throw uh, to Ingram to get that touchdown. If we didn't talk about Lamar, Alec Alec edited this podcast down by about half of what we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> at this at this rate, he might have to. But uh, yeah, man, good good pick, good pick. So, who's your MVP? Mine? Oh man, uh, you know, Peter, you said you had yours first, so you list yours, and then I'll I'll, I'll pick mine. All right. My MVP is Sam Cook because NFL defenses are so afraid of this guy that they're willingly <laughs> letting the Ravens get first. <laughs> no, not no. Sam Cook's great. He's not the MVP. I'm going to give my MVP. I mean, gosh, there's not a wrong answer for this game, but I'm going to give it to Bradley Bozeman. It seemed like every time that I was paying attention to the offensive line during the game last night, he was having a key block on, on Donald or another pass rusher or he was pulling out for for a block to get an outside sweep run started. Granted, what do I know about offensive linemen, the least about any position in the NFL, but from from my eyes, Bozeman had a very good game last night, so I'm going to give it to him on a night when the offensive line as a unit just silenced one of the greatest defenders of this decade. Great pick. Great pick. I like that one, too. I think to close it out, I you know the guy who comes to mind for me, Patrick McCarry. I you know again for pretty much the same reasons you listed, Peter. I mean, just the I think it's the ultimate compliment to come in when a guy's injured and fill in for him, and basically just not uh, not not noticing at all. That means there's no drop off in the play whatsoever. And yeah, again, to be able to completely shut down Donald and those guys up front, just push the guys off the ball. It, I, I thought he had a really good game. You know, we could have easily given the MVP to Lamar as we've talked for 20, 30 minutes about him already. Uh, there's no need to mention him more, but uh, uh, Makari definitely, I think, showed uh, a lot yesterday. And, you know, I think it was should be awarded. Man, I can't believe we talked all this time. We didn't even talk about the uh, cornerback blitzes. <laughs> I was just looking through all the notes. Oh, wait. Wink is a bad man. Wink is a bad man. The cornerback blitzes, it's like straight Madden shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> it never works in Madden. In Madden 2005, it did. I remember. I remember loving doing the the nickel blitz. That was that was my go to. I like the nickel blitz, but when you blitz both corners. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah the outside like, corners, outside corners. No, yeah. that's that was just a 70 yard touchdown. Every t- you gave up every time you did that. <laughs> yeah. Wrecked last night. I guess if your name's Jared Goff and you get easily frazzled. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh man. 
Ravens are just playing with with the the game stuck on rookie mode. That's right. All right, guys, let's wrap this one up. Awesome time recapping that game for you guys. Huge big win, forty five to six. Ravens travel all the way to the West Coast, no problem. Next week we'll be at the game. We've got the 49ers. They're doing the same trip back that we had to do yesterday. 49ers coming into town, one o'clock game in Baltimore. Get rowdy, get loud, guys. I'm hearing it might be raining, but you know what? There are troopers on the gridiron. We gotta be troopers and, and support them out there. Get loud. Be that twelfth man that they deserve eight times a season, maybe more, obviously in the playoffs. You can find us, guys, on any podcast player. Leave us a review on iTunes. We actually got two reviews just this week. Pretty cool. And Twitter, Ravens underscore recap. The email, feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'd love to hear your clips, your thoughts. We'll share them with everybody. We'll catch you later in the week when we discuss the big game. Who's number one team in the NFL? I think it will be decided on Sunday. We, I love my teammates, uh, and they show the same exact love back. And so that's what's fun. You know, it, winning is obviously fun, but this job uh, can bring a lot of ups and downs. But when you got teammates like these guys, uh, I think every day coming in the building is really fun.